You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. We're coming back to you at the beginning of the NFL divisional round of the 2022-2023 playoffs. We have got some great games coming up. Only one spread that's fairly large uh, outside of the Chiefs game, which we have already talked about. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to our Chiefs show who play against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday to kick off the divisional round. But we do have some news to get into just a little bit here as we get into uh, the show. Starting off from Aaron Mirov, the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, says that the future of DeAndre Hopkins is something that the new GM, Monty Ossenfort, will be evaluating in the coming weeks. So the the Arizona Cardinals, who have cleaned house, are possibly looking at cleaning house for their uh, offense, not just coaching staff and front office. Um, keep an eye out i have heard rumors not anything concrete but there are potential rumors for kyler murray also being traded one of the teams that is looking out for kyler murray depending on who the head coach is that comes in maybe sean payton carolina panthers got the draft capital to do so if you bring in a hall of fame coach like sean payton be able to morph your offense He's going to need a quarterback to do so. He may not be willing to do so with an early round pick quarterback. I love the propensity to just call Sean Payton a Hall of Fame coach when he's borderline, in my opinion. The rest of the league and all of the pundits believe that he'll be a Hall of Fame coach. Everybody thinks that he's going to come back and win the Super Bowl right away. I don't think it'll be right away. He's won what, one? Yeah, not too worried where he goes. And a little bit more news of some cuts that are coming through as of today, which is Wednesday from Rick Stroud. The Buccaneers have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Uh, the team is making sweeping changes to their coaching staff following an 8-9 regular season and wildcard loss to the Dallas Cowboys. As many as five offensive assistants and two on defense are expected to be let go. Um, it's po- more, most likely that they're going to be keeping Todd Bowles. It sounded like they kept most of their staff from Bruce when Bruce Arians was the head coach. Now that Todd Bowles has moved up, uh, they are finally going to be giving him a team of his own. I'd assume that they'll give him a little bit of time as well because the team is basically going to disintegrate after this season with Tom Brady leaving. Disintegrate. <laughs> Um, in some news for the Detroit Lions from Tom Pelissaro, offensive coordinator Ben Johnson informed interested teams that he's staying in, in Detroit. Uh, he was slated to travel uh, Wednesday uh, to interview with the Panthers, uh, but he just decided to nix any and all interviews and stay there in Detroit as he feels that they have something amazing building. I think in his situation, he looked around, saw his options, Realized they weren't that good. Said, you know what? 
Lions look pretty good for the next few years. Maybe next year will be a better here. option for me. I think they'll stay here. Um, in some news for the upcoming season, we talked about it during the Kansas City Chiefs show. This one from Adam Schefter. The NFL has announced the five teams that will play international games in 2023. It's the Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots. They all will have a home game internationally. Again, there's no Mexico game for the next couple of seasons. The uh, the Azte- uh, Azteca Stadium is going to be undergoing renovations for the upcoming World Cup that will be held in North America in 2026. So no games will be held there, I think, by anyone. It'll be pretty interesting. But then Field Yates did join in on a portion of that tweet and did state that the Jack Wires will be playing in Wembley Stadium they always do the bills and the titans will be playing in tottenham hotspurs stadium in london and the chiefs and the patriots will be playing in germany so there you have it we already know who's going to be playing where um one of these teams will uh well there's your five teams i'm a little confused on this if you boys can help me out there we've got five teams the jaguars can't play by themselves are they waiting to decide on another team that will be playing an international game or will one of those teams be removed from said games? I think you said those are just the home teams. Well, that's true. I didn't think about so, that. So, yeah. That's it. Uh, okay. So then we won't be playing the Patriots. So we don't, uh, we don't know who the matchup is yet, but those are, they're guaranteed to be there. No matter I, what. I forget. Yeah. They, uh, they, They've got to go through a lottery a little bit for that. Um, that's why the Chiefs didn't get the away game this year, so that makes more sense. Nice. Uh, in the last bit of news here that we have coming from Field Yates, uh, Sean McVay is returning to the Los Angeles Rams, and staff changes were expected and some already have. Offensive line coach Kevin uh, Carberry, special teams coordinator, DB coach, assistant D-line coach, and assistant assistant, all will not be returning. Uh, they have already started making cuts. He is going to change around everything that's going on in Los Angeles. I am surprised that he is returning. Maybe that's part of why Aaron Donald decided to remove the former Rams defensive lineman in his bio and change it back to he's a he's a defensive lineman for the Rams currently. Um, it's an interesting thought. I don't know. Uh, I know both Sean McVay and Aaron Donald have been teetering with retirement the last couple of seasons. Uh, I don't know. What are you guys thought? I did not think Sean McVay would be returning for 2023-2024. They're just going for one more year, trying to go out on a better note than they did this year. That's about it, though. Yeah, I think McVay might have been playing around with the media. A little bit. Um, I don't think there was any question he was not going to come back to the Rams. I thought there was a good shot. And uh, if he was playing us, well, I got played. He's a football guy, man. He wants to be coach. He's too young to retire, man. He's very young. Uh, not even 40 yet. He was the youngest head coach hired at the time. So, um And he's excellent, excellent at what he does. I thought about this uh, the other week. Um, You know, the the owners have been fairly disgruntled with Roger Goodell as uh, the the commissioner. Fans have been very disgruntled with 
Roger Goodell as a commissioner being indecisive and then overstepping on, on too many bounds and um, not really, he's, he's got control. It's just a little bit too tight of a grip and focuses where he should realistically for his job on ownership more than player care. I was thinking the other day about, you know, what if, what if we can get Roger Goodell out of there, if he decides to retire or the owners do decide to fire him, who would be the next in line to step up? Is he grooming somebody? Do the NFL owners have somebody in mind? And I thought to myself, why not Sean McVay? He's young. So he would have a lot of years left to go to mold into this role uh, he is liked by many people in front offices and the ownership groups. Um, he knows the insides and outs of the NFL, very cordial, as you can see in most interviews. Um, and he understands it from a player personnel side. So not only could he do the job well from, from business corporate side, but he could also be a, an advocate for the players. Just my thought. I thought, uh, I thought uh, maybe wouldn't be too bad of a choice. I, I don't see that happening at all. I don't see it happening. I just thought it would be a, be, a better choice than Roger Goodell. Anything's I mean, a better choice than Roger Goodell. Yeah, you, that's that's fine to say that. He'd probably be great for the position. But if you thought there was any real chance of him retiring um, this young from just coaching football, there's not a shot he would move into being NFL commissioner. His complaint has been that he doesn't get to spend too much time, enough time at home with his newly found family. Uh, whereas with Roger Goodell, he literally never leaves home. That would be I mean, close. that was his choice to start with anyways. So <laughs> let's get into these games. We've got three to cover that have not already been covered. Our first game is the Giants versus the Eagles. It is a decent spread here. It's in Philadelphia. Uh, at home, the Philadelphia Eagles are seven and a half point favorites against the Giants. Can Danny Dimes and a bottom five defense get the job done in Philly? Are they? They're not. Are they really a bottom five defense? My DVOA. I think they can get it done. I mean, it's going to be a long shot for them. But if you remember the last game of the year, the Giants rested most of their starters. The Eagles did not. That ended up being a pretty close game in the long run without Denny Dimes, without Saquon Barkley. So expect a very, very close game. I am I mean, I'm I'm sold. I'm 100 percent bought in on um those that I've seen breaking down film on on the giants and they they have lots of people say that the giants are well coached so i think this is going to be an extremely competitive game i don't think like i think the giants will cover that spread i think it's it's going to be closer than seven points for sure but the eagles are we've said it before the most stacked team there is out there if they play well if they come out ready to play if they play to their strengths the Giants aren't going to beat them but they do have a shot this is a divisional game they know each other well and when the Giants are playing at their peak when the when the Giants are firing in all cylinders they can beat just about anybody but I mean this is the NFL so you can say that about a lot of teams but when 
if Danny Dimes plays the way he did last week and you get healthy Saquon out there, the Giants are a pretty good team. Forget the uh, the the Eagles have now brought back Dallas Goddard off of injury before the end of the season. He's back now. Uh, during their bye week, they were also able to activate uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson off of the injury reserve list. I believe they were also able to activate the rookie defensive lineman. His name escapes me. Um, the one that they got from Georgia. Uh, Jordan Davis Davis. Davis off of the IR. So Jordan Davis is back as well as CJ Gardner Johnson and Dallas Goddard. It seems that they've got a team full and healthy. Is uh, Lane Johnson back yet? Lane Johnson is also back. He's going to play, but we don't know if he's going to be effective. He never went on IR. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back to play. play. He's going to play. What would it take for the Giants to beat this fully healthy Eagles team? What would they have to do to win this game? Slow it down. Possess the ball, man. Really, really grind out drives. Make the Eagles work for it whenever they have the ball. And just make this a good old-fashioned slugfest. Especially on offense, they're going to have to do what the Eagles usually do best and, you know, control the time of possession. Get your running backs heavily involved. Um, Don't. Don't run Saquon into the ground. Get other people involved as well. Keep them guessing. Uh, but you know, slowing slowing it down, taking possessions away from Jalen Hurts as, as much as you can. You know, that's 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 the formula. Hamp Giants have one shot to win this game, and it's got to be a perfect game. There's got to be little to no penalties. There have got to be zero turnovers. Honestly, don't even put the ball in Danny Dimes' hand unless he's running it. Like, don't be don't be throwing the ball out there. The DBs for the Eagles are way too good. That defensive line is going to get pressure all day. If if you're putting the ball in in Danny Dimes' hands, he's running it. He's going to run it twenty times. Saquon's going to run it twenty five times. That's you, and you better be able to move the ball. You better not stall out. Not one time. You better be able to score every single drive. Because if you don't and you're putting the ball in the air, it's going the other way. You start putting the ball on the ground, your game's over. You start taking penalties, it's over with. It has got to be a perfect game from the Giants. And I'm not saying that that won't mean that this game isn't close. This game will stay close, but to win this game, to win this game, they are going to need mistake-free football, and they better just keep time of possession and make sure that you're moving the sticks on the ground because I, I wouldn't trust Danny Dimes to put the ball in the air this game. Not See, I, I still think the Giants can mess around and have a rough first half. As long as they keep it close going into mid to late third quarter, they have a great chance of winning this game because they cannot come back. As, if it's close, they're always in it. They always seem, this year at least, to come out and win those close games. Listen, I think this Eagles team is fraudulent. I, I think I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. Their schedule was very, very easy. They were able to beat up on a, on a lot of bad teams. I think they're healthier. I think they're a little bit stronger. And with a defense that's not bottom five DVOA, you've just got to play. The Giants have to play a little bit more 
standard. You've got to be more mistake free, even as fraudulent as these Eagles are. That's the only way you're going to be able to pass them with the the issues that the Giants are having, not being able to pass the ball so well and having a, a, a very bad defense. They had a they had a good pass. I mean, they did well passing the ball last week. Danny Dimes it was against the thirty second rate defense. Look, you're getting too caught up in those numbers. It's uh, it's a NFL team we're talking about here, and that DVOA stuff definitely does not account for Dexter Lawrence on the Giants D line. He is a game changer. He's a Chris Jones. He played. He's been playing very well, and that defense definitely has good tape out there this year. They've had good games. They were they were considered one of the better defenses earlier on in the season, uh, while the Giants came out on their hot streak. Um, so they can play well. Um, and the Eagles, um, like you said, did have an easy schedule this year, and they had some close games um, in that easy schedule. I mean, just like we lost to the Colts, um, the the Eagles kept it close with some teams that they should have blown out. Um, so whatever happens that leads to the, the, the Eagles playing like that, if if something like that happens, the, you know, the Giants definitely have more than a shot in this game. Um, but it does – it makes sense to say that they have to lean towards playing a perfect game. Um, but if the Eagles are slipping up and making mistakes um, like they've shown that they can, it might not have to be, you know, 100% perfect. Who's going to be – the standout player for each of these teams. Who's going to be the guy when time comes, that's going to be the guy that wins them a game. AJ Brown and Saquon Barkley. Easy choices there. Yeah. I think that's fair. I would go to say for the Eagles, obviously AJ Brown is a good choice, but I think the giants are going to have to key on him. The game will have to come down to Devontae Smith. A guy who's going to be a little bit more open has probably just as high of a ceiling, if not higher, than than A.J. Brown. Not quite to A.J. Brown's level just yet, but is a fantastic receiver in his own right uh, and will really need to step up in this game and make sure that he's open a lot. You guys ready to pick this one? Um, like I said, the... Eagles at home against the Giants Saturday night game at 7:15. At home, the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. I'm picking first. I've doubted the Giants once. I'm gonna doubt them again. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I did. I did just defend them a lot in that segment. I do think this is gonna be a close game, but I'm not picking against the Eagles right now. I'm gonna pick the Eagles. Sean, don't well, forget, you're only down four games and you've got seven to go. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm picking the Giants. Oh. He's going to do it. He's, Come he's back, gonna City. Try, right he's going to try to flip it completely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to our Sunday slate of games. This next game is one that's been highly sought after, a game that should have happened in the regular season and did not. And because it didn't, it should be at a neutral site, but the NFL doesn't know what they're doing, and they're trying to make the Bills win because they have the Carl Sheffers crew 
overseeing this game as well. The Cincinnati Bengals do head into Buffalo oh to take on. I Josh didn't know Allen. that. And the wow. Bills, the Bills are five and a half point favorites. Again, Carl Sheffers. If you don't know who this guy is, he is a head ref in the league. And he is so bad, so bad. He throws more offhanded penalties than any other referee crew in the league. It is disgusting the way this guy conducts his job. And the league has just told us that he is one of their top tier head judges for absolutely no reason. So expect this game to be pretty scripted, I would say. Can I ask real quick, uh, all three of us, who would we rather face in this game? If we win, who would we rather face in the AFC Championship game? Bills. Bengals. I'm. I would like to play the Bengals again. Well, uh, sorry. Both I, teams beat us in the regular season. I, but the Bengals I, have us zero and three. I would rather play the Bengals simply because I want to get the win over them. But the easier game would be against the Bills. Interesting. Very interesting. We've shown that we can beat them. We know exactly what they can do. We haven't been able to beat the Bengals. And as much as I want that game, because it would be great to walk away finally with a win in a game that really mattered against them. We had to take them to overtime to beat them. Like I, We still show both, that they are not beatable by the Kansas City Chiefs. Both games out of those teams last week were one possession games. The Bengals should not have won that game. No, they shouldn't have, but it's also a divisional game and you can't really deep dive too much into those games. Was, they're, they're playing them for the third time this season. Whatever. I think we can beat them both. I would rather play the Bengals so that we can get, get that stupid little monkey off our back. All right, pick them. Is that, is that we what we're doing? We haven't even talked about it. Oh, we haven't uh, even talked about it. God, what? <laughs> Do you guys think that was that talking about it? Do you guys think that Carl Sheffers is going to play a large part in this game? Oh, yeah, definitely. He loves the camera on him in a big game, <laughs> and doesn't he? Josh Allen been prone to turnovers. This is expected to be a weather game. They are supposed to get heavy amounts of snow in Buffalo oh, and yes. the Northeast over the next few days. Can we get a snow game? This is the snow, snow game, game that we have been missing, boys. This is currently expected. What is it going to take the Bills to win this game, especially given Josh Allen's turnovers this season in his form of regression? For it to be a humongous snowstorm like earlier in the year where they had to move the game, for the Bills, move it to somewhere else and have the Bengals and Bills play on a neutral field. That'd be nice. They're going to run the ball. Right there. I, I, mean, think, they, I think the Bengals okay. should take a page out of the Patriots book from a year ago and, and run the ball 60 times. Don't throw to your best playmakers on the field. Don't run go to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Just run the ball. Damn straight up by running the ball. We know Patriots the Bills can't last do it. Year, man. I'm sorry, what did you say? Tie so ball? we know the, the Bills can't do it. They can't run the, run ball? the ball. They're getting a lot better at it right now. 
They're getting better at it, but they still can't do it. They got Naheem Hines. It's three offensive snaps a game. He's a kick returner, man. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. What type of game are we going to be expecting from them, weather or no weather? Uh, pretty, pretty big mistake game for them. They're, he's going to make quite a few mistakes, but somehow they always make it close to the end. I am expecting three interceptions and one fumble, maybe not recovered by the defense. He will definitely lose. He will definitely fumble. I don't know if he's going to lose it though. So we're, you're, you're expecting the bills to defense to have a hell of a day. I'm expecting the being, or the, the Bengals defense that have a hell of a day too. Both quarterbacks are going to struggle and have some interceptions and turnovers. So, and how many interceptions are we talking about? How many turnovers are we talking about total? Uh, four for Josh Allen, three for Joe Burrow. Holy He's going to recover his own fumble. Two interceptions, two fumbles by Josh Allen. Both at that point, both teams deserve to lose this game. No, uh, no, because they're both quarterbacks are going to throw for at least four touchdowns too. So, holy hell, we got ourselves a. Old Trevor Lawrence out in this game. Not that bad. Yeah, I, I, these guys I would expect these guys this aren't game bust be, though. This game is going to be extremely sloppy. Both, both teams were sus last week, and both teams have those streaks where they give up the football. It, this game is going to be sloppy. The Chiefs are going to be the class of the AFC coming out of this week. Everybody's going to be – I mean, they already are, but it's just going to magnify that. No matter how much Tony Romo thinks Josh Allen is the second coming of Leonard Skinner. I see the Bengals playing a pretty tight game. Uh, I don't – I don't. I know they've been – They've had a few turnovers in, in most of their games, but I'm expecting them to have a pretty tight game. The only thing that's going to keep them from uh, running away with this is going to be Carl Sheffers and his crew. Uh, I think this game is going to be scripted to stay close and maybe even have the Bills win. Um, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to have 20-plus flags thrown in this game. It's going to be – it's going to fall on the refs' heads quite a bit, but – uh, in order to win, in order to have the Bills win this game, because I just don't seeing see it happen on fair terms. Um, Josh Allen's going to have to start limiting the turnovers, and they're going to have to be able to move the ball effectively. They're not going to stop be able to stall out like they normally do. Don't expect them to be able to have the big big plays down the field, the big chunk plays, because uh, the Bengals' defense is actually pretty solid. He's Josh Allen's going to be underneath a lot of pressure uh, from the defensive line that the Bengals have. And uh, those DBs are going to be able to cover well against uh, some of the crappy play that we've seen from the Bills wide receiver cores this year. I'm expecting this game to go to overtime, honestly, and for us to see the first new playoff overtime rules. I'd like to see that. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know the first team is going to score a touchdown. I don't know if the second team will or not, but it's going to come down late overtime. People will think, what do we do? We can't end in a tie because the tie is the stupidest thing in football, but something like that's going to happen. been saying it for years. Ties in football, just dumb as hell. Let's pick this one real quick. We've got the Bengals who head into Buffalo and take on Josh Allen and the Bills. 
at home, Bills are five and a half point favorites. Again, Carl Sheffer's crew is refing this game, and there is expected to be a ton of weather that moves into the Northeast for this game. Um, regardless, I, I think Carl Sheffer's crew is going to have a lot to play in this game, and that's why I'm very hesitant on picking. But straight up, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Bengals to win this game. Mm, this is this is such a tough call. This is going to be a good game. I know I, it's going to be sloppy, best game of the weekend. Best game of the I, weekend by far. It's it's going to be hard fought. It's going to be physical. Um, there's plenty of motivational, you know, things to point to on both sides. They have reasons to play. They have reasons to win this game. Who? But I I think I'm gonna pick. I think I'm going to pick the Bills. I love that so much. So then I'm going to go ahead and pick the Bengals. Got some changes going on here. Somebody's going to move up and move down this week. Will it be Sean? Will it be Tybo? I don't know. Got seven games left and four games that separates them. We'll get on to our next game. It is the final game of the divisional round. It's the Sunday night game, which thank God does not start at 7.15. It is the 5.30 game. So we've got a 2 o'clock game. We've got a 5.30 game. It is the Cowboys who head into San Francisco and take on the 49ers. The 49ers at home are four-point favorites in this game. I think that is too small of a margin. These Dallas Cowboys are not that good. Let's be real. They're not that good. Okay. You're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me Dak misses five games and he leads the NFL in in interceptions. Cooper what happened Rush last is week against the bad Tampa Bay week? defense. It was he the playoffs, well right? Against the bad Tampa Bay defense in the playoffs. Tampa like Bay Tyler said earlier, it's an NFL like playoff team. On saying, no, he keeps on saying Dak Prescott bad year, good playoffs. When, it's gonna happen, man. They they had a losing record. Let's be real. So, they had a losing a record. Team. Compared to what? They shouldn't have made it. There were they other had the teams greatest quarterback better. of all time, like some people say. Yeah, not me. Some people say it, though. I don't know who these people are. They're drinking the wrong fish water. You know, if if this point in the season we're getting our best football out of our defense, the Cowboys are getting their best football out of their offense right now. And their defense is pretty good. Their defense is good. Dak Prescott, not good. More competent what, than what about last week? Kirk Cousins. You admitted it last week. What about last week? I said last week he played well. It's the first good game he's had all season. Cooper Rush could have done better against that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. No, he could not have. And he would have made the kicks. Maybe so. What's it going to take for Dallas to beat the 49ers? Bar none, 49ers have a top defense. Probably top three, if not one. What's it going to take for Dak, who has been turnover prone, who has not been good this season, regardless of last week's performance against a a bottom-tier team, What's it going to take for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott to win this game in San Francisco? They're going to need a true rookie performance by Brock Purdy in this game. 
that, but they're going to, they're going to cultivate that through pressure. Micah Parsons is going to be after him. That offensive uh, line is really good in San Francisco, man. Uh, no, Parsons, Frank, man. Frank Clark got a safety against Trent Williams. I'm sorry. No. Not a chance. Um, the the Dallas Cowboys don't necessarily have to play a perfect game, but they're definitely going to have to limit their turnovers on offense. They can't give up the ball and expect to beat the 49ers. They are a good team. They have weapons on offense. They're just highly suspect um, at the quarterback position. Not because he didn't play well last week. I thought Brock Purdy did really well last week, but he the completion percentage wasn't there for me. Um, he did have a little bit of a rocky first half, and he's a rookie. Um, I think Dallas has the weapons on defense to rattle that rookie. Um, their offense just has to keep the ball in their hands and score touchdowns and not field goals. Sean, what do the 49ers need to do to beat the Cowboys? Get the ball out of Brock's hands as fast as possible. Whether that's Debo, whether that's Christian, whether that's Kittle, anybody. Ayuk, get the ball out of Brock's hands. Get it to your playmakers. Make them make plays. Get you quick first downs and score the ball. If that happens, and if that happens successfully, the 49ers will definitely win this game. And then you can the let Brock pass all after that. The, the weapons that they have could be too much for this Dallas defense if they if they get it into their hands. Don't I mean if he if Brock is holding on to the ball and taking long dropbacks and holding the ball for three plus seconds, you know it's going to be rough for him. What are what are the big plays that are going to determine the outcome of this game from each team? How many sacks is Micah Parsons going to get? Are they going to be if, sacks that are more important, or is it going to be pressure and moving him around the pocket? Sacks and and forced throwing errors, maybe some. Not necessarily a, it's not a strip sack, but it's it's you hitting the hitting your arm, hitting the arm as he throws, and it's a errant pass that lands up, it winds up being an interception. How effective is Micah Parsons going to be in this game, given the pretty massive leg injury that he got in the last one? He'll be fine. He's playing. He's good. Tordal, Tordal does a lot of things, but he's he'll be fine. What I honestly think this game's going to come down to is which team scores the most on defense. I can see both teams scoring defensive touchdowns, but it just depends on which one scores just a little bit more or puts them in better position to score. Yeah, oh, Michael Parsons is expected to play, and he's also talking mad stuff on uh, – Social media. He's 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 coming out. He's he's gonna be fired up. The guy for me for the Dallas Cowboys that is going to make a difference in this game. Micah Parsons, yeah, sure. It's gonna be CeeDee Lamb. Wide receiver number one, get your ass open. Yards after catch. Your quarterback has not been great. You better make sure that you fight for every single ball that's thrown your way, good or bad. You better come down with every single one that he throws your way. And you better get yards after the catch. Move down the field no matter what. CeeDee Lamb, it's going to be coming to you. And for the 49ers, Talanoa Funga. 
He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the difference maker on that defense, disrupting Dak, disrupting CeeDee Lamb. He is going to be the key to the 49ers defense staying strong and getting Dak and the Dallas Cowboys offense off the field and keeping them from scoring. I'll go opposite for you for the players. Uh, Cowboys defense, Trayvon Diggs. If he wants to underplay some of these throws and try to go for the interception, if he gets it, it's going to be great for them. But if he really just overplays it, misses out, it's going to be a long day for the Cowboys. Niners on offense, Brandon Ayuk. I think he will be the one that will really break the game open. Yeah, we know Christian, we know Debo. But they're going to focus in on Christian, Debo, and Kittle. Where does that leave Ayuk? Ready to break out. Ready to break out. Brock Purdy and and Ayuk have really good chemistry. Those two match up really well together. Debo? Dak didn't have the greatest regular season. But you know who else didn't have a very good regular season, especially when Dak was out there? Dalton Schultz. You know who had a really good game last week? Dalton Schultz. When that connection is working, Dak to Dalton Schultz, that's going to uh, impact the game very positively for the Dallas Cowboys. So they're tight in. And, I mean, we've named some really good ones on San Francisco already, but, you know, CMC has the power to leave Dallas in the dust. The combination of all the weapons that they have on offense is plenty to overpower the, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but if if Christian McCaffrey is able – he's, you know, the running back, if you hand off to him, if you toss, you know, that's one of the quicker ways to get the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands. So if if he's clicking, it's, it's going to be rough for the Dallas Cowboys. Will he be more effective in the run game or the pass game this week? It's going to be everything. I mean, that's what he is. He's all-purpose everything. But which might not he be more effective? He's not going to. He's not going to have a hundred of of either, but he'll have seventy-five of both. Couple sides of both. I like it. Let's uh, let's go ahead and pick this game. I'm up first uh, again. Dallas headed into San Francisco to take on the 49ers who are four point favorites at home. I think that's way too small. I think Vegas is doing themselves a disservice. Take the, take the Niners by more, make them, make them cover. Cause here's what's going to happen. Dak Prescott is going to have minimum of a three turnover day. Dallas Cowboys are going to stall out. Don't forget. They might got Mike McCarthy at the helm. I think this one is the one that breaks the the is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Sean Payton's in next year. Um, oh, this is his uh, water. This is watermelon smasher game. He's going to smash some watermelons. You never heard about this? Mike McCarthy's coaching stats are very similar to Andy Reid's, by the way. Mike McCarthy did last year to pump up his team because they were playing terrible. Smash some watermelons before a game. They came out and absolutely tore whatever team they were playing at. This is his time to bring out some watermelons and smash them before the game. Well, they're about to get smashed by, by like watermelons. Give me the Niners. I'm taking the Cowboys. 
I'm standing on this. These words. Pick they're the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. Game, they're not going to the Super Bowl. I picked them to the Super Bowl, but I can't pick them this week. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This, I got to try to win the matchup, man. I got to try to win the pickle. This is the only you way are the I can biggest do it. He's selling, he's selling I have for the, ever seen. He's selling out for the pickle. You are four I, he wants games that money. down. He's poor. He's a teacher. And you I got the Cowboys, and I picked the Niners. I'm going opposite of him for a reason. I I don't respect any of your picks ever. You waffler. It's Sean. Hey. (laughs) What are you going to do? This guy. Can't trust him for just the tips when you're making fantasy football picks. You can't trust him when it comes down to what he's going to say and who's making the Super Bowl. Where's your podcast? (laughs) <laughs> not here lies only Integrity. lies <laughs> <laughs> listen we got some good games coming up um, do we I mean I think we do and history shows that in the divisional round at least one underdog every single year comes out with a win um, so far we've picked there have been a couple that have been picked to what come out of the divisional round in the Giants and in the Cowboys. So, uh, and obviously we're all picking, mostly picking the Bengals outside of Tybo, uh, which really I don't believe that he believes that the Bills will win that game either. Um, Josh Allen is Jesus Christ's second cousin. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm picking I'm picking the Cowboys more than once this weekend. It's the Cowboys and Tony Romo. Oh, good night. Is he even covering that game? Probably. I don't care. He's gonna be rooting for him. He's <laughs> gonna be he's gonna be uh he's gonna be fluffing him in between in between plays. <laughs> he's gonna give him a he's gonna give him a pregame blowy and a postgame rusty trombone. He's on CBS. See? Most likely will He's be Tony there. Romo. Tony. Uh, I may not watch that game uh, just for Tony Romo. Listen, <laughs> good game's coming up. Wow, it's- look at Josh Allen getting his ass kicked, but man, is he beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Tony. I, you know what? I think CBS came to him and said, you can't predict plays anymore. Just stay dumb. And that's exactly I think he's just been out of the league too long. What, that he can't predict well, yeah, plays anymore? First- he did it for it two was years the- in a row. I don't that think was it was even two years in a row. It was like it was his first year. He, he was calling a lot of plays, and then it has not worked since. <laughs> Stop watching film altogether. Doesn't watch the games anymore. He just sits up there and talks about how good looking a guy is. I feel like you can he's, do that. Guy, he's got bigger things going on in life than football, though, man. Love. And <laughs> That's Ugh. the biggest thing going on in Tony Rome's life. We do have some good games coming up, so make sure you're sticking around and watching those. Make sure you watch out for these backdoor covers. We will be breaking these games down early next week. Hopefully, Carl Sheffers and his crew do not impact what we have going on here in the playoffs. I hope to see some overtimes, and I know that I'll be seeing you back next week. As always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.